0: Oh,
1: man it is always a race against the clock there we got that little intro music let me let you behind the scenes a little bit here what happens is i wait till the youtube link goes live then i copy that link i tweet it from a sea of red account so that we can get people in the comments and youtube then i switch over to my personal account and i tweet it from there and i only have like a minute and 15 seconds to do that and with you know the way things are going currently in my life i have the shakes Let me tell you why I have the shakes. Uh, This is the Celsius. Uh, What I did not know before I started drinking this tonight is my my second one ever. It is an energy drink. I thought it was just like a sparkling, live fit, no sugar thing. And we go to kick off the show, show. And so, hey, that thing has like five times the amount of caffeine as a coffee. So my fingers are jittering. I can't hit the right Twitter buttons. But we got it done like literally in the neck of time. We have with us tonight, Mister Mister uh, Jason. Hope uh, hope you're doing well tonight. It looks like we coordinated the all black. I don't know what we're mourning tonight. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's it's uh, not our flames. But uh, yeah, Jason, take it away. No, just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just have trying to do a lot to, of listening to, tonight.
2: I'm just trying to mellow you down and bring you down to a uh, a normal pace to keep up with the rest of us, man.
1: Yeah, I got to yeah, I'm going to have to do a lot of listening tonight and you know, you know last week I uh, last week I accidentally uh caught our main guy 55 said that I saw some similarities between him and SpongeBob. This week, I don't know what's I'm liable to say and uh, I I hope he's forgiven me for that comment because I have to see him in person this weekend, this Saturday, and uh, man, he's a big dude and I yeah. would like say say hello from a distance and and uh, That's hopefully right. he's hopefully he's forgotten about that comment um so it could be one of those situations
2: talk- where like you know in the cartoons when they used to picture the other guy is as a, as a hot dog or something if he pictures you yeah. as a d lineman Chad you're it's you're done man
1: yeah I know I know all right uh quick question about homecoming upcoming this weekend um how many you've participated in a ton of homecoming events um you know the and everything goes on I don't even know if they're doing the parade this year I haven't really studied up and read up on it I'll be there uh you know for the parade if they do it but homecoming um i know you're a texas tech raider if i remember right but just how special is it to see all these alumni coming back and then how how cool is it on game day we should have a beautiful saturday for tailgating and all that how how, uh excited is campus on these homecomings for liberty in particular
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's super. It's really a lot of fun to uh, have have all the alumni back on campus and to uh, get a chance to just kind of show off facilities, too, because as we all know, I mean, if you haven't been to campus in a year, let alone more than that, um, significant changes almost always happen around the corner. So it's always great to get that buzz back and uh, not the kind of buzz that you're dealing with tonight, Mr. Hassan, but just the alumni buzz and the uh, overall crowd excitement. It should be should be rocking uh, once again at Williams Stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun forget about that. Like when people
1: come back to campus, uh, for the first time and even just like a year, so much always changes and it's always cool to, to get back and see. I know for me that that comes about, uh, I don't know, August, September, whenever I haven't been there since maybe a basketball or baseball game. And I haven't been there all summer. And then you come back and you're just like, wow, what, a this place has changed so much. So excited for alumni to see that. Um, one other thing is, um, Talon Medical is Dennis Fields and his group, and they have a tent right there. Uh, They are hosting a tailgate this weekend. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. Uh, Sea of Red will be there. Uh, We're looking at like 10-plus athletes uh, will be there as part of an NIL appearance fee type thing. So that's awesome that we get to pay these athletes to do stuff like this. I mean, back in our day, you know, Jason, it was like – you couldn't even be seen like the men's basketball team used to tailgate by themselves and had to sit together. <laughs> they couldn't even ring with fans because there was like, oh, are they doing like the donor handshake thing or what? Now right, it's, right. it's so cool that they can capitalize on this because they are celebrities. They are people that we love to look up to and watch play and and all that kind of thing. So it is cool that they're able to capitalize on that a little bit. It's not a ton of money, but it's, it's just honestly and, I, and I'll, a, another peek behind the curtains here. For like, for example, uh, this is a Darius McGee shirt. Okay, Darius McGee. Obviously, you know he's playing to try to be, get drafted this year. We have these for sh- for sale up on the site. You know what? Darius is going to make a little bit of money on that. But what it's about to him and these other athletes, what I, what I've spoken to, is about seeing those shirts in the crowd, like having mm-hmm. people come up to them and say, "Hey, I have your shirt." Like they don't. I mean, the money is nice. You know, especially college kids could always use a little extra money. But to to these guys, mostly it's about like fans who admire them and they just think it's cool. So this tailgate yeah. on this tailgate on Saturday, um, you know, it, it will pay the athletes to be there. So that's cool. But also them taking pictures with fans and getting that interaction. Uh, the, the, the athletes really like that part of it, too. So I know you've experienced yeah. that a little bit with us last year. Talk to us a little bit about the NIL and, and athletes that you've worked with and kind of that. Um, just what is their what is their feeling towards being paid, and and how do you view that?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's a little bit. Hopefully, I won't get in trouble for saying this, but it feels a little bit like the NCAA typical movement of the ready, fire, aim kind of thing. They're trying to figure out how to kind of get their arms wrapped around this thing. Most campuses are now, but. Um, to your point, Chad, I think it's great that the guys can and the ladies now can can make some money off of their name, image, likeness. I think that's a huge benefit to them. Plus, there's a the the business entrepreneur side of me likes it as well, right? Because now all of a sudden they're getting to learn some some business aspects. They're being kind of forced into some uh, uh, economics 101 supply and demand kind of a thing, given their name and their celebrity um, stature and those kind of things too. But it's it's great to see them have a chance to. Um, Uh, monetize their uh, their name image likenesses is is fantastic and as you mentioned a second ago too it's really neat to have an event like uh, like the tailgates where the fans can come out and kind of meet some of these guys and some of these ladies uh, at times too and just get to know their personalities it's a whole lot more fun to cheer for somebody uh, on the court on the field once you've had a chance to shake their hands and see that they're just great 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 folks and you know so many of them are are just doing the right thing and are giving glory to the lord as they're playing uh, at liberty as they should and it's just uh makes it a whole lot easier to be a fan
1: man i and i we could talk about it for for hours but we're gonna have to pump the brakes a lot tonight this celsius got me feeling some kind of way so let's without further ado talking about meeting and knowing and nil deals and all that let's bring on main man here 55. How you doing tonight, Brendan? Not as amped as you are. I know. I don't know what's up, man. What's up, man? I mistake. That was an error. E on me. E one uh, for picking this up tonight and drinking this. Anyway, that's awesome. Uh, hey, uh, homecoming. Uh, you know, uh, you're a, an alumni like three times now. So this is like, this is like <laughs> you're you, you haven't left campus yet. But uh, all the degrees and stuff uh, for you. In the team, do you guys talk anything about alumni coming back to campus and homecoming, uh, or do you approach this as just another home game on the mountain? Uh, What's the talk Mm -hmm. like with with homecoming specifically? I know it kind of didn't mean much to me for the first, like, four or five years, but then as you get older and you get separated from campus, coming back as an alumni, it starts to mean a little bit more. Uh, What does it mean for you guys as players, like, eventually you'll be an alumni of Liberty? Or you already are like four times.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We actually get the mail for the uh, homecoming game at our house, even though we're playing nice. it. So, um, yeah, I don't, it's not something that we talk about a bunch as a team, but it's something that everyone appreciates. Everyone that came before us to build the foundation that we have. So, there's guys that come back that we played with for the last, you know, four or five years. There's guys that, you know, have donated money to have their name on a locker and stuff, and just to be able to meet those guys and show them the impact they had on us and show them that you know they truly are a part of what's going on is awesome. So it's always great to have the former players and alumni back on campus.
2: Yeah, Brandon can congrats on Saturday, by the way. And we'll kind of jump more into that here shortly. But uh, should be a should be a rocking environment again at uh, at Williams Stadium as Chad and I were kind of talking to some of us were talking a little faster than others, but I pointed the wrong way. There we go. <laughs> but uh just, uh, just kind of curious if I can go ahead and segue Chad, into into UMass, man. I'm, I'm curious about a couple things from that game. Um, I, I would be interested to know what your take is on uh, what a couple of turning points that stand out to you in that one. It, it was a, seemed like a game of runs, right? Just uh, different momentum swings up and down, those kind of things. But as you think back, and again, I know it's rearview mirror at this point, but love to kind of have your uh, Tuesday night quarterback or t- Tuesday night armchair analysis of what it is that you saw that you can kind of hang your helmet on and say, yeah, we saw a momentum shift here. And I remember a couple of plays here that kind of changed things and sent us over the edge.
3: Yeah, going into the game, we knew it was going to be uh, much more difficult than years previous with those guys. Uh, they have a coach that has been a D.C. at top schools. He's had the number one defense at Boston College. He had Michigan um, when they were red hot back a few years ago. So uh, we had a lot of respect going in. He's nicknamed Dr. Blitz, and there's a reason he is. He, I mean, he just sends the house from a bunch of different angles and formations that you're just not even necessarily prepared for at times. You know, we prepared for what we've uh, seen in film, but he brought new stuff as we expected. And um, sometimes it takes a little time to see what they're doing and get going. But as you mentioned, we gained momentum. Uh, coach figured out that, you know, we have a good first down. If we start going tempo on them, they can't line up. So... Once you figure that out, we uh, put together a bunch of drives and put up 42 on them. So that was awesome. But uh, they were much more talented than years previously and definitely uh, had a respect leaving that game.
1: For me, it's on the Gardner web. I'm not going to talk much about UMass, to (laughs) to be honest. Uh, You guys uh, guys look, I I thought you played great. Offensive line showed up. We saw a few. uh, What do we call those last week? Moses moments or Moses something what was all oh, the Moses maneuver? We saw a few of those. Uh, I thought, you know, what you've been telling us all year long ha- has, I, I almost sit back in my chair and, and just like, all right, just get to the second half, just get to the second half, just get to the second half. And then the second half, it's, it, it always comes true. It's the depth on the D line really that's, that's stands out. It's the, it's the, uh, we rotate a ton, and and that's something that Freeze is focused on since he's been here. I know he's really uh, cognizant of play count for for you guys, and uh, specifically the D line, the O line, uh, wide receivers. I mean, I mean, you guys in critical moments in that first half where it's like we have to have a drive, he's still going with the other uh, wide receiver group, you know, or or some line offensive lineman rotating in. Um, you guys don't rotate as much, but I guess what I'm saying is it's almost like he has a plan to get you guys prepared for the second half. And I love that. And it's always, always fun to watch. What is your take on, um, you know, as you guys go into the locker room and, and you kind of are you feeling that, too? Or are you feeling that like, hey, we are a second half team. Does that give you confidence to come out no matter what has happened in the first half to come out and say, all right, let's put together a good second half?
3: Yeah, our goal is to always start fast, but that's just not reality sometimes. So um, if you need momentum and you need to get going, you know, reminding the guys, I think we're, what, 6-0 and in fourth quarters now in scoring. So I'll go back and look. I don't know if we were last game, but um, we, we, are, we are a second-half team, and there's no denying that. It's just, a, you know, pays dividends to have the depth that we have and the practice the way we do, and uh, it shows off. So that's something that we can control. And uh, we're using it to our advantage.
1: Very good.
2: Yeah, uh, Brent, I'm curious, too. You know, you look at uh, Gardner-Webb coming in. I I don't know. You probably don't have (laughs) quite the Gardner-Webb history that uh, Chad and I do, although you've been around a while now. But uh, Gardner-Webb has always been one of those games, man, either when it's been our place down there in – in North Carolina, it's always been a tricky one, and and I, I it seems like to me on paper that it's a little bit of a deceiving two and four schedule, right? That, or record, um, especially with uh, with a six point loss at Elon, but the one that jumps off the page without a doubt is a four point loss to Coastal. So, um, you know, as you're breaking them down here and studying film, what kind of things are you seeing? What are you anticipating is going to that that your role is going to be on Saturday? What are you seeing?
3: Yeah, I know the general fan looking at this game probably thinks it's going to be a pushover, but um and that's just how humans are naturally but we have kind of stated in our building that it's all about the process and we're going to continue getting better no matter what this week so um we have one of our best tuesday practices this week those guys we have a lot of respect for them they do some things that uh you know made it hard on the coastal and the Marshall offenses that held them to i think under 30 points for both of them so uh you know just watching those things on film seeing what we can attack and uh, just executing is going to be our plan. But I I can tell everyone confidently right now, we're not looking at this as a pushover and we're working our butts off at practice. So uh, it's just a normal week of practice and we're, we're going forward with it. So um, again, lots of respect for them. And I'm excited to see if we can just continue to make strides as an offense and uh,
1: defense continue to just be lights out. All right. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's bet for 55 here tonight and uh, we'll let you go. But before we do uh, this weekend, uh, Greg Rogers will be at the game. Uh, he is an alumni of, you know, back in the day, I think somewhere in the early eighties, I want to say 84, maybe uh, 86, somewhere in that area. Uh, but he will be at the game with his family looking forward to coming and uh, meeting up with you, Brendan afterwards. Uh, I, I will keep my distance. Uh, but you know, talk to us about Greg Rogers and, uh, RT Rogers and what they do there in West Virginia. And you can see their information there on the bottom of the screen, but, uh, tell us how they make this all possible.
3: Yeah. As Chad said, uh, Greg is a Liberty alum. He so graciously uh, sponsored this segment and, um, he runs a company, RT Rogers. They distribute oil in the six different States. Um, thousands of commercial and industrial customers on the move every single day. Uh, they're always working to get to the hardest places and you know, different cities. So regardless of your fueling needs, um hit them up. Great service, great fuel and uh leading expertise right to your doorstep. So hit up the boys below.
1: That was wonderful. Great. A little job. better than week two. Uh, yeah, a little better than week two. We're in we are in mid season form here. Greg graduated in eighty-two. He texted me that and wanted wanted everybody to know he was eighty two. I was I was close early eighties. Hey, man, uh, congratulations on the success so far. Look, you called this a long time ago and said that you were feeling good about the preparation of this team. Um, Love your approach and attitude. Thank you for joining us on this weekly. Uh, You you know what? To make it almost, what, we're a season and a half, and uh, not once have we heard uh, anything from – from uh, let's say the coaching staff or anyone else that's been like, hey, you can't say that or you can't do that. Uh, we haven't heard that from our end, so that hey, props to you, man. That's tough to do, very hard to do, and you're and you're and you're doing it great. So uh, thanks for that, and we will talk to you next week. Good luck this weekend. All
3: right, thank you guys. Have a good night.
1: Yeah, it's you fun. too. All right, let's bring in uh, let's bring in Kyle Diarman. Jason, why don't you hang around for a few minutes and talk to Kyle with us? You bet. That was like I was like music. I just need to keep it playing. It's like calming and and uh, uh and all, like zen there. Um Kyle, are you doing? How's it going? Are you coming to us from uh Charlotte or Houston? Or I am, I am I'm back in Charlotte this week. Okay. It looks like you got safe surroundings. I'm excited surroundings. about that. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> all right, let's jump right into this question for a former coach, former quarterback analysis guy, uh, wide receiver coach, um, man, we've played four quarterbacks. And I saw a little bit of that at UMass with Nate coming in, um, had a few opportunities there that looked, you know, we could have made a better throw. I don't know how much of that is just him. You know, he's a, he's a young guy and he doesn't get in much and doesn't have that many game reps, but a lot of that to me, I'm trying to figure out how much of this is chemistry that we're missing out on? I mean, I mean, how, how much does a quarterback in his wide receiver core progress throughout the year of like, all right, I know when this play is called, he's going to run and he's going to break it off at 10 steps. His 10 steps is a little bit different than my 10 steps, so on and so forth. How much of that chemistry are we missing out on or how much of that is kind of like plug and play? It feels like, I know there's a long question, I'm sorry. Freeze, Just like almost... I know it is. He almost prides himself on uh, plug and play with the quarterback, and you know, everywhere he's been, he's had elite quarterback play. But how much of that chemistry are we missing out on playing four quarterbacks? And it looks like we're going to kind of do this quarterback by committee for a couple more weeks at least. Um, I guess how much of that chemistry are we missing out on? I mean, you know, we we may be missing
0: out on on some of it, but I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. Big into that, especially at the college level, with the type of offense that you know we run at Liberty. I think that you know there's there's part of it that is missing, um, but you know at the end of the day, guys open, you gotta you gotta get them the football. You know, I know that they don't. You know, it's not an excuse for Coach Austin when they go in the meeting in the film room on Sunday and be like, well, you know, you haven't necessarily thrown with this guy. I mean, the way that they organize practice, especially now all those guys are getting those reps. I mean, they're, they're getting them, um, in practice and, or they're, you know, directly behind the quarterback that is getting the reps and they're taking them mentally. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's much of chemistry, um, as it is just the fuzzy logic that they call it of playing the position, you know, with live bullets over and over and over again. So,
2: I'm curious, uh, with your, uh, like Chad said, with your offensive mind, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit of a broader question here and talk about the, uh, the very in vogue topic of roughing the passer. Uh, a little bit of conversation about that. I know obviously the the college game's different than the pro game, but um, sort of two questions: What is the difference? If you could have, make sure all of us are on the same page, is there a difference in the calls between college college game and pro game from your perspective? With roughing the pastor so there's part one and then part two what do you think of that current trend of what's going on and i'll i'll leave my sports medicine hat on the side uh and not talk about that but i'd be interested in what your take is on it because man it's a hot topic now especially after what happened to my chiefs last night
0: yeah i think that the difference is that you you know the i think the only difference is that in, in the NFL, they can't land with their full force on them. But, honestly, the rules are changing all the time and every year, and it's always changing that. It could be completely different this year in college, and I just don't know. But, I mean, the the hit below the waist, you know, when you're unimpeded to the quarterback, the hit below the knee, I guess, is, is roughing the passer and then anything to the head. And I don't know. They may have changed the rule, but I don't think that it's the same as, you know, if you – the D lineman is swiping at the ball and then hits the quarterback's head. That's not really a flag. You don't really see it as much, you know, in colleges in the NFL, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it. you know, as a Bucks fan, I don't think it was,
1: I think it's a great, great thing. I think it's, so is it the same uh, – this isn't my question. This is tagging along with Jason's. Is it the same as in high school if the quarterback's in his throwing motion and, like, is exposed, what they would say? Like, I know you have that for wide receivers where if they're, like, in a – I forget the exact term, but I call it exposed. Vulnerable. Uh, yeah. Vulnerable. If the quarterback's in a vulnerable position and you uh, hit them, is that roughing the passer in college? Um. First of all, it's very good technique that you have there throwing. Thank the you. Hard. That's a hot, That's
0: a Tom yeah. Brady release right yeah, there. Yeah, that's nice. Um I no, it's not. I mean, that's, you know, they have the football. There is no like blind shot on the quarterback. You see him get, you know, drilled from behind every every week, but no, I mean, I don't think I don't think that's
1: a rule. Who knows. <laughs> all, right. <clears throat> all right, here here's my question is about uh alumni. We kind of touched on this week 1. Uh, homecoming, you know you were on campus for a while and you have been off campus. I know you've been back to a few of the games, but you haven't been living near campus and on campus every day. Um, how exciting is it for uh, one as an alumni to have your your school uh being getting votes? I mean I, I saw where we got some votes for top twenty five um i I you know whether or not we agree with that or not, it's still really cool to to be getting votes. And to have just that national perception of our school kind of change over over the last three or four years has been amazing. I mean, uh, so I guess twofold question, how cool is it for alumni to come back to campus? I know we got some some uh, former football players that you probably played with coming back this weekend. Um, and then also, how cool is it that the, the perception, like, you know, has changed of our university from even when we went there, it was like, oh, you went to Liberty Where's that isn't that this school that school? don't they do this over there to now? it's like, oh man, you guys have got a good football team, Hugh freeze really got you guys going that's the kind of responses I'm getting or you guys i uh, I saw you guys in the uh, March madness tournament. I got a lot of comments about our basketball team, so uh overall uh how cool is it that the perception has changed and you can publicly talk about where you went with good reception and good feedback, you know,
0: yeah, I mean it's definitely exciting, I think you have you have more alumni that come back to the games on a weekly basis. And then, you know, you have them make an effort if they can at all possible to get back, um, you know, for homecoming. Marshall Roberts, who, you know, was the DP coach under Turner Gill and Danny Rocco. I mean, he'd been there for a long time. He's back at Liberty as the, you know, running all the alumni alumni relations with the Flames Club, and he's done a really good job about, getting things out and getting things, uh, getting guys included and, uh, really trying to get, um, you know, the al- football alumni and all, really all the sports alumni, you know, they have a tailgate that's set up. Um, so they've done a great job and yeah, it's exciting to, to be able to talk about it and, and to see guys come back. Um, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you know, I know Mike Brown is coming back and he'll be on campus, um, uh, for, uh, for homecoming. So him and his family, his wife, Diamond, who played basketball, um, there and think they're, you know, they're going to be there. So along with a lot of other guys, I think people make an effort to come back. So it's, it's been, it's exciting.
2: Kyle, about the, about the game uh, on Saturday too with Gardner Webb, you probably heard us talking earlier. Uh, I, maybe my memory's a little fo- uh, foggy. I'm sure it's different than yours, but uh, Gardner Webb has been a dogfight, no pun intended for the last couple of years. Uh what's your, What's your take on what's coming up? Again, their record's two and four. We're we're five and one. Seems to be different trajectories, but we know how that can kind of pan out sometimes. But what are some of your memories of Gardner Webb's season past and and certainly what may be coming up on Saturday?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're tough. And I think that, you know, Coach Lamb's done a good job with them. You look at their record of opponents that they've played, and it's like 27 and six or 26 and seven, something like that. So they're two and four, but the teams they played, are solid. I mean, there there's not. It's not like they've played a, a easy schedule and you know have only won two games. So I mean, these are those games that you you just you have to you have to control the football. You got to do everything right. You can't try to do anything out of what Coach Freeze and the coaching staff is is kind of coaching you to do. Just because you're playing an easier opponent. I mean, those guys you know they have FBS transfers and those guys are on scholarship too and a lot of times in FCS, I mean, we saw it being an FCS team and me me being on those teams that were FCS, I mean, going to Ball State and and beating them, um, you know, going to Toledo and and competing there and, you know, losing the game there at the end. But, I mean, these are games that, like, Gardner-Webb will be fired up to come and play at Liberty. It'll be, the you know, it'll be a huge crowd. Um, It's close, so it's not, like, a, a tough travel for them. You know, they'll probably have a lot of family there. Um, they'll talk all week about, you know, how this is a, a great opportunity for their program. And and it's not the first time they're playing an F- FBS opponent. Like you said, they've played coastal and they've played Marshall. So it's not like we're gonna they're gonna come in here and be scared or like, oh my gosh, these guys are huge. I mean, they you know, they're a good football team and they're good football players and something that our guys have to, you know, be ready for. And so, you know, I think it's gonna be um, You know, they're a tough opponent. Should we should we handle them? Yeah, for sure. I think we, we all know that, but we got to go and do it. It just isn't going to happen. You know, it's not just kind of like you roll the ball out there and Liberty wins because we're an FBS team. We have 85 guys on scholarship. I mean, it's you got to go play. And so anything can happen on Saturdays. It's college football. It's crazy. Um, And so we got to we got to go compete
1: man i love your perspective on this team and and this university and and what we got going on so i appreciate you joining us uh regularly it's been awesome my last question is uh if you had to go give us a deep post right now could you on saturday get out there and run without like tearing hamstrings i want like a nice clean run uh route or would you just kind of defer and say nope I couldn't get open right now, and uh, I have to pass the ball. Like, what is your honest answer? Like, I want you to put Coach's Freeze hat on and say, "All right, if I had to trust this guy to go out and run a post and catch a pass against Gardner Webb on Saturday, yes or no?" Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, for sure, Chad. I was just chasing. I was just chasing fly balls in the outfield uh, in my men's league softball uh, tonight. About an hour ago, felt good. Yeah, yeah that's the good. same.
1: That's very comparable, very comparable. I
0: mean, pra- pra- I mean, practically practically it is, you know.
2: Yeah. I think awesome, we need a split screen of DeArmond on one side and Rich Eisen on the other, right? We'll just get yeah. the 40 going. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, awesome, man. I appreciate uh, appreciate the time, the perspective, and I look forward to uh, talking with you again soon and uh, seeing you down at a game. Um, uh, when do you move to Houston, by the way? We'll move uh, next spring sometime. So, Oh, okay.
0: We'll, uh, this is the only week that um, – that we won't be making it up there uh, just with the work conflict, but we'll be back. Um, I'll be on the flames pregame radio show uh, for BYU and in, in a couple of weeks and, and be there for the
1: rest of them. So. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And I yeah. think it's time for the, uh, the Porter ad and then we'll bring in uh, John Manson. Jason, thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate all, right. all
2: you do, man. See you guys. Well, Hey everybody, my name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development and it's been a a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development and uh it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that i hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services which i really appreciate but certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes of course and then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well so commercial real estate um, obviously a very very different animal than is residential but uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front too. a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know. It's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much.
1: John Manson, creator, founder, all things A Sea of Red. Uh, it looks like you got your fan club in the comments tonight. I see the family going wild on Facebook. I love it. Uh, got the Liberty football shirt on. Let me see that. Let me. Oh, there it is. Hi, Morgan Weston Manson. Let me see that uh, light blue football. Um, I love that. All right, John, uh, we did this thing tonight where we told everybody to ask you questions. And honestly, I saw a couple of softballs in there. And so I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and uh, throw you some curveballs after that. We want the unfiltered John Manson. Let's see if you can uh, give as good of interview as Coach Hugh Freeze when you're asked uh, all the tough questions. Uh, First off comes from the uh, one of the chats here we have. Um, we averaged 436 yards per game on offense last year. Um, do you know how much we average this year currently? And I guess to make that a little bit easier since it's a stat, uh, is that over or under uh, 436 yards?
4: I'll take the under. Uh, I don't know exactly. Let, let me guess the 375.
1: It is 419. We're averaging about 20 yards less per game. Um, on offense this year um, than we did last year with Malik and also with playing really good teams and with four different quarterbacks so uh impressive you know what you know what and I, I don't know how many times I've said this on this podcast listen I talked to Bruce Feldman last year and he we were talking about Malik and he wrote that he was the one who started the Malik hype honestly with his article. And uh, oh no, now my mom's in the chat. Mom, get out of the chat. It's the night oh, for boy. family. Yeah, thanks, Dick, uh, for doing that. Um, so, John, I remember, uh, oh man, I just lost all train of thought. Okay, Bruce Feldman. This is what Bruce Feldman had to say. He When he started the Malik hype, he was like, don't panic, Flames fans, is basically exactly what he said. He said, he went through the list of all of Hugh Freeze's quarterbacks and said, as long as Hugh Freeze is your head coach, you will have elite quarterback play. That's what he said, and I I took that to heart. And and I basically said, you know, Malik is good. He's going to be an NFL talent, but when he's moved on, Hugh Freeze is going to plug and play, and that's what he's done this year with four guys. Uh, so let's get to these questions real quick, and I'll ask. Go ahead and ask my first two questions. First, uh, are we going to beat the brakes off of Gardner Webb this year this week? <laughs>
4: Uh well I appreciate uh Kyle's uh comments there but that was a very coach speak answer and uh let let's be uh let's be honest here. Uh yes, Gardner Webb's a, a good team. They're they're a decent FCS program but uh when they have a couple of top 25 FCS teams beating them by two and three scores, um I'm not too worried. I understand what uh Coach Freeze was saying and has said in his public comments. Uh, but, but even with, you know, Jonathan Bennett expected to start, uh, even if Brewer is able to play, uh, I still think Liberty will win quite comfortably. Um, uh, but I do agree that, um, you know, they're every bit as good as UMass. Um, uh, that's something for he said, and he said they're even better than, uh, UMass on offense. I agree with that too. Um, you know, so, but that UMass score was a little, you know, uh, you know, they didn't really score 24 points on our defense, Um, You know, it was more like ten, and then they got a defensive score and and a score on our third and fourth string. But uh, but yeah, it'll be a nice, comfortable win.
1: Nice, comfortable. All right, Uh, all right. First question from uh, the replies here tonight is basically. Uh, why is KSU a good ad for Conference USA, specifically from a Liberty perspective? Let me add some background on this. There were a lot of people on Twitter basically saying, hey, welcome to the league, excited to get KSU, it was a good ad. And then there was the other side saying, hey, it's an FCS team, what are they going to add? Why are, you know, why are we excited about that? So, John, uh, why is it good from a Liberty perspective to add KSU?
4: Well, you know, um, I we didn't know we were going to get this question until a few minutes before the show went on. But I've actually already written an article and it'll be published, um, I think, on Thursday. Kind of my perspective, my thoughts on why uh, Kennesaw State's a good ad for uh, Conference USA from Liberty's perspective. And the reason why and I've seen, you know, you made some comments on uh, on social media, on Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, if we're honest, like. You know, teams are not beating down the door to get in uh, to Conference USA. Like, that's just the truth right now. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, a, a conference that's just kind of taking the leftovers, if we're honest. You know, and I hate to say that because, you know, that's what Liberty was getting into the conference. Is It took a conference that needed it. And we talked about that back in, you know, last year. Um, now I think there's a lot of potential in that conference for some of these teams coming up, like, a uh, Jacksonville state, I think it's going to be a good ad here in a few years. Once, once they get a few years under their belt at this level, but yeah, back to Kennesaw state, I think, uh, you know, uh, based on the teams that are available that are wanting to join conference USA they're by far, it was a no brainer addition and reasons being are, uh, the Atlanta market, yeah, they're not getting a huge pie of that Atlanta market, but they are in the Atlanta market. That's really good for Liberty. There's lots of Liberty alums in Atlanta. Uh, Liberty, one of the top states Liberty recruits uh, is in Georgia. So it's great to be able to to be able to play there and let those uh, guys play in their their home uh, state. Um uh also it, it helps Liberty as far as they're the closest team to uh, Liberty at this point in time, you know, just the what, five hour drive or so from Lynchburg to, to Atlanta. So yeah, it's great. I think they have a great potential. They also have something like 30 some odd thousand fans or students, current students It's commuter school. So they're a big school, uh, a lot of alumni and I think they got a lot of potential and I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think they're a great addition to the league.
1: I mean, let's look at who we had to add. Okay, who who was it? It was going to be an FCS team. There's no FBS team that's going to switch conferences in Conference USA, especially without us adding our uh, knowing what our media deal is. Um, there was second part of that question was there was another question related to Conference USA, and it was, will they get to twelve teams by twenty twenty four, and is that tied to or related to the media deal that they're currently negotiating? I guess that hasn't uh, should be coming out soon. Um, You know, what are you hearing in terms of will we go to 12 teams at Conference USA and is that tied to our media deal or is that just something Conference USA wants to do on their own?
4: Sure. I see a comment here from our main man, Turtle, about uh, Kennesaw, 63 and 18, last seven years of FCS football. They really, you know, just to kind of add color to that, they – they're one of the top FCS programs in football uh, the past, you know, seven years since they started up and have made the playoffs and won some games in the playoffs. Also very good in baseball, some of the other Olympic sports as well too. But, but uh, yeah, as far as getting to uh, twelve teams, uh, if you would have asked me about a month or two ago, I would have said yes. I think that that would be a top priority for Conference USA. I still think that's a possibility. I don't think it's necessarily a slam dunk at this point in time. But this stuff changes. You know week to week month to month um but at this point in time i don't think that uh Commerce usa will be at 12 by 2024 i think they're kind of safe at, at the 10 right now and and kind of you know just waiting and seeing what's going to happen um you know as far as what other teams are out there you know there's tarleton states one out in texas that that could be added, that wants to be added. I'm not sure that they necessarily check all the boxes. Missouri State, Eastern Kentucky, or a couple of the others that have been rumored. Um, so I'm not sure the interest is there quite on both sides, or or you know some of those are on the Conference USA side. So uh, yeah, and, and then um, I'm not sure if you asked it, but I saw it asked is about the media deal. Is um, I, I last I heard it was supposed to be announced you know, late fall. So, you know, I would expect in the next month, maybe the next couple of weeks, we hear what that media deal is. Um, it does sound like ESPN will be included. I hope that's uh, still the case. I'm not sure if that's changed or not, but uh, hopefully that'll be the case. So get some ESPN plus games in there. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it officially announced here in the next week or so or next month or so. <clears throat>
1: Uh, Yeah. So before we get into the other question uh, that's about young players and Markel Fortenberry, um, let me just say that that KSU uh, with with being in that market. I mean, what TV, what what uh, TV company or media company wouldn't want the Atlanta market? So, one, you're getting a good market 2 you're getting what you said, their football program is only, what, 10 years old and has an amazing record. Uh, that we just saw on the screen. They're spending money. Their facilities are getting better. Their basketball team is improving. They're a top 50 baseball team. I mean, how is this not a home run? If you can't see that this is a home run for Conference USA, who wants to get and is basically has to get to 10 teams uh, from what we're hearing is that, that, you know, that, that we're going to get to those 12 teams eventually. And we we needed to get to 10 like pronto. And so, if you're going to add teams to to get the number up, KSU is absolute home run for all those reasons we just mentioned. I mean, look at the other schools that we could have added. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't even close. KSU was the top. So, uh, for for. this is my opinion for for those saying that ksu was was you know doesn't do anything for the conference or is weak and all that kind of stuff they haven't been following along they don't have a clue what conference usa is trying to build and uh you know look at jmu look at uh app state look at liberty coastal uh fcs success translates over into uh, fbs success and i think ksu can come in And uh, have a great run there. And they can be top of the conference in football immediately. So uh, getting another good football school, getting a good TV market, getting a great baseball school. And look, for those who – and I know I'm on a stump speech and it's partly fueled by Celsius here – is that –
4: Are they a sponsor
1: now? I'm working on it. Uh, Part of the – part of baseball – that's where I was going. College baseball – Look at the revenue generated by college baseball over the last five years. It's growing. <clears throat> it hasn't caught men's basketball. It hasn't caught football. Probably never will. But baseball is a sport that that if you want to have a good athletics program, uh, baseball is right there. And then we're getting a top fifty baseball team in KSU in Conference USA. Conference USA baseball is about to be really good. Basketball be one of the top G five conferences uh <clears throat> non-power five conferences i mean you got a couple that don't play football like the atlantic 10 and a few others that don't play football but as far as fbs playing non-power five basketball conferences if you followed that uh conference usa is going to be the top in basketball in my opinion i mean it, tell me who else is different so uh ksu is a perfect fit so i i, I guess i've uh kind of Kind of wanted. I just wanted to put that out there that if you haven't, if if you can't see the 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 positive of adding KSU to Conference USA, you're not following along, and you don't have a realistic expectation of what Conference USA could do or could add. So uh,
4: yeah, and I, I like to add to that before we jump to the next question is even if you think Kennesaw State is not a good addition for whatever reason, which you know I think we've laid out why they are a good addition, but even if you think they're not. Uh, hear this, you know, we kind of both alluded to it already, but basically this new media deal that's in the works based on everything we're hearing, they pretty much said to the conference USA, you need to add another team. You need to get to 10. So it's not like you can just stay at nine. It wasn't really necessarily an option. They needed to get to a 10th team, 10th member, 10th football playing member uh, for inventory of games and other reasons. And uh, you know, so, you know, You had to add somebody, so out of everybody that was available, Kennesaw State was a home run, especially from Liberty's
1: perspective. Say it again, best combo conference, best combo G5 conference. Uh, You're not going to be able to talk me out of that one because basketball is so good and football will be good in the next three years. Give us three years and come back and check with me in Conference USA and see who has has a better RPI or whatever that ranking is that we're going to look at.
4: And baseball is, I mean, it's going to be a top five or six conference overall uh, yeah. in baseball. I mean, there's some Dallas Baptist, West or Western Kentucky is okay, but Liberty, Louisiana Tech, uh,
1: Kennesaw State. It's it's a very good uh, baseball conference too. Yeah, we've met our uh, we've met our thirty second baseball quota on this show already this year, so we're doing good. All right, here's the next question. It's more about the young players that you're seeing in in uh, young players you're seeing in practice. Uh, specifically Markel Fortenberry, will he play four games this year? Why haven't we seen him on the field so much? Uh, Who are you seeing in practice that we don't see on game day that we should be excited about? That's kind of combining two of the questions we got.
4: All right, well, let's start with Markel. Um, First of all, Markel has tremendous upside. Uh, Coach Harris, the wide receivers coach, Maurice Harris, said that in training camp. Coach Freeze mentioned that as well back in training camp. Uh, But Liberty's got a lot of veteran Large, you know, outside receivers, you know, with a lot of length. You know, Javian Lofton. He's even playing in the slot. C.J. Daniels, who's now going to be redshirted. Uh, Noah Frith, C.J. Yarbrough, Caleb Sneed, who's been banged up. Uh, so, I mean, that, those are a number of guys I've already mentioned. Um, you know, Trayon Sibley's another guy that has been playing out there too. Brody Brums, another one who went down to injury. So, there's a lot of guys. So, there's no sense in in rushing Fortenberry along. Um, he, he's got great upside. I think he's going to be a player. Um, but if you've seen him, he's like 6'3, 175 pounds soaking wet. So, I mean, you know, he's 18, 19 year old kid. He needs to develop. He needs to mature. He needs to put on some weight. He needs to get into the rot and add a few pounds. You know, he needs to add 15, 20 pounds easily. Uh, to get to the point where where he can, you know, take the grind of a 12-game schedule. Uh, Could he play? He could play. He's primarily been working on the scout team. Uh, So if if he gets into a game, it's going to have to be one of these where Liberty's up, you know, four, five, six touchdowns in a home game that he's at uh, because he's not on the travel roster. Uh but yeah I think he's got great potential and you know I was at practice uh, this morning and he was uh you know he he looks good you know again they're going through drills against air so it's hard to tell uh but I mean he looks good coach Harris is working hard with him and things like that so uh, I I like him and as far as the other guys just generally speaking about the other young guys freshmen that maybe aren't playing as much um You know, the best ones, the ones that are that are at positions of needs, they're on the field. I mean, a Brylin Green and a Corey Jones. Those are guys that are playing now. Um, You know, they've already burned their shirt or or close to it as far as playing in at least four games or five games. Uh, When they get to that point, they've used their red shirt for the year. Uh, So those guys are obviously legit. Uh, Some other ones. That have kind of stood out. CJ Bazile, he's a guy that uh, Coach Freeze was ranting and raving about back in training camp. Uh, I think we'll—you saw him a little bit against UMass. He played a few snaps, his first time getting to play, and I think we'll get to see him, uh, you know, here probably the, the next couple of weeks with Trayshawn Clark out. He's kind of in that, you know, maybe even then the two deep with Trayshawn Clark out, maybe third string uh, defensive end there behind uh, Christian Zachary. So I think he's a guy to watch. Uh, it's looking good, and it will make a lot of things. Uh, Bryce Dixon, another guy. He's gotten into a few games. I'm not sure if he's going to redshirt or not. Another defensive tackle, true freshman. Uh, he's looked good when he's played. But, again, there's some veteran guys in front of him. So so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, those are a couple of the guys that are
1: kind of standing out. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I'm going to do a quick commercial here. First, uh, Nick producer, killing it. Thank you for all you do to make this show run and go look this way. This is this is incredible. Thank you. That's our guy, Nick Kirby. He runs the account uh, Vines Palm Connection. Looking forward to hearing from him during basketball season. He kind of hibernates during football season. Uh, Secondly, is John. uh, I get accused of being a a John Manson Stan, John Manson fanboy. But the content that we're getting out of uh, out of you on these and 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 the articles every week, it's unbelievable. The way, you know, the roster there. I mean, I know these guys names, but you get to go to practice and see them. I mean, and, and that's something that fans, even at Power Five schools, don't get that type of uh, in-depth look and, and kind of drill down on some of these freshmen that we never heard of. So uh, appreciate all you do uh, for Flames Nation. It's just so much more fun that way and engaging. Last question for you here uh, is about, let me see, I forgot what it was. Oh, about ranking. Um, you know, if we win, what is your opinion? If we win, uh, Saturday at, uh, at home against Gardner Webb, then we'll have a really, uh, what could be a top 25 matchup. Not sure if BYU will get there or if they are there or not. Uh, what is your thoughts on us being ranked before we play BYU? after we play BYU and at any point this season, um, where are we at? I know we, I think uh, you had told me that we got a few uh, votes in, I think the coaches poll for top 25. So we're starting to creep up there in most of the rankings I'm seeing. We're in the forties, maybe close to 50. Uh, Where are we in terms of being top 25? And could we be top 25 before we play uh, BYU? Or do we just need too much help from others?
4: Yeah, there's zero chance we'll be ranked going into the BYU game. Uh yeah, you are right. We got 5 uh, uh votes in the coaches poll this past week, which is great, but uh a win over Gardner-Webb even if it was, you know, 120 to nothing is, you know, it's not going to be enough uh to get you into the top 25. Um even if just absolute haywire goes goes down this weekend. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, I actually wasn't even, you know, thinking about checking the polls to see if Liberty was getting votes. So it wasn't until later in the day I actually looked at it and realized, oh, wait, Liberty did get a few votes. So uh, that was good to see. Uh, still not getting any votes right now in the in the AP poll, which is fine. But, you know, it's really kind of remarkable. I went back and looked uh, after I noticed that we had gotten those five votes in the coaches poll at the last two years, 2020 and 2021. There was a streak. I don't have the stat in front of me, so so I don't have it right now. But. You know, there was a streak of like 18 weeks that there was a poll uh, released in those two seasons um, that Liberty was ranked or receiving votes in 17 of the 18 weeks, which, you know, there's been a lot of hoopla about that team up in Harrisonburg that's gotten ranked this week, which good for them. Congrats. Uh, But you know, let's let's do it 17 out of 18 weeks or at least get votes 17 out of 18 weeks. That was pretty impressive, something Liberty's done in their, what was that, their third and fourth year in the F- FBS or maybe second and third. Um, but, yeah, so very impressive. But, no, I don't see Liberty getting ranked for next week. Now, you know, BYU could slide back. They dropped out of both polls this past week when they lost to Notre Dame. Now, if they beat Arkansas this week, they could, depending on what else goes on, they could slide back in at 24 or 25. So it could be a ranked team coming in here next week on either ESPN2 or ESPNU. And, uh, you know, if they do that and Liberty were to beat them, then I think that at that point in time, Liberty would be, what, 7-1. and Um, If they're not ranked at that point in time, they would be 26, 27, 28, somewhere right in there going into the bye week. Uh, so I certainly think that they could, uh, launch into the top 25 with that. Now, having said that, I hate to bring up Wake Forest and and keep talking about that, but we talked about it that week. Uh, if they were to, if they would have been able to pull off that upset, they would be ranked today. Uh, but they've got, Liberty's got a really good resume. If you look at it, if you look at the strictly wins and losses, I mean, you know, to be five and one at this point in time and the one loss coming against a top 15 Wake Forest team, uh, by one point. Uh, you, you don't get much better than that as far as a resume from a from a G five school.
1: All right, uh, we will uh, Matt will preview the JMU the BYU matchup here in, here next week. Uh, I'm not going to look past the Gardner Webb. So um, I've been in Williams Stadium where Gardner Webb had a field goal to beat us, and I believe it doinked off the the field goal post. Uh, so I, you know, Hugh Freeze has a way of getting me nervous every week. All right, John. I appreciate your time, man. You're the man. Uh, I know that. Uh, I I loved, uh, man. I don't know how our families got into the chats, but they found us. They found our secret spot where, where we come and we can talk uh, about flames football. Uh, I thought about- they, they
4: that my family be asleep by now.
1: Yeah. Well, my mom is apparently watching YouTube tonight. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's how things go. All right. Okay. Look at that.
4: College poll tracker. What's that from 2020? Okay.
1: Oh, man. That is awesome. 2020 season. You can see. uh, Good work, Nick. Awesome. I still can't read it yet. I don't know what it means, but oh, that's that's showing where Liberty was ranked. Oh, every week in 2020. So we started out 40, 33, 27, 25, 22, 21, 27. All all the ones with the red dots. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'm
4: sorry. Go back and watch on YouTube, but see a red. We ended
1: Um, at 17. uh, Yeah,
4: we ended the season at rank 17, but 40th That red dot is when we first received votes. And then we received votes throughout the rest of the season. And then if you remember going into 2021 uh, with – uh, a lot of us thought we were going to be ranked in the top 25 in the preseason with Malik back, but we were just on the outside looking in. Uh, Matt, I'll give you some uh, a, a five second teaser on BYU because I'm looking past Gardner Webb. I'm, oh, no. oh. <laughs> I'm fine saying that. I'm fine saying that we have a very good chance if we have Brewer healthy and ready to go if Brewers as close to hundred percent as he can be, because I don't think we're going to have Salter back by then based on the, the news that came out uh, here in the last day or two. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think we have a very good chance provided Brewers healthy, very big uh, question mark. And if so, it's, it's pretty close to a coin toss in my mind if he's healthy and a hundred percent.
1: Well, John, uh, yeah, you just did it. You just put the jinx on us and uh, I appreciate that. Um, I look, Gardner Webb only beat Coastal by five at home. I don't care. I'm uh, so, not worried about it. All right. Coastal's all right. Well, trash. Well, we neither one of us can prognosticate. Let's get to the main man that can prognosticate. Hopefully, I, I've heard that he's he's uh, he's available. Uh, he kind of went missing on me uh, the last three or four days. I don't know if we did something to tick him off, or if he uh, if he's just into the Yankees playoff run right now, or. Uh, I believe his agent might be up to some fishy like negotiation tactics. Uh, John, we got to get with corporate and see what we can work out to to keep this man going. The people love him. He's the people's champ. Uh, And uh, let's bring him in. Richie Longshots. Thanks, John. John. is oh you got the yankees you got the yankees shirt on first of all you have the longest intro music of anybody because that song just gets me pumped up and uh going second of all the yankees what's the score of the yankees game
5: uh it's 2-1 right now um Who's winning yankees
1: oh 2-1 yankees who are they playing
5: they're playing the cleveland guardians
1: the cleveland guardians uh I have to think about it all right well represent the al i guess uh <clears throat> yeah also real
5: quick what was that word you called a prag prag what was that what did i do Prog-
1: prognosticate
5: i don't know what that means but i'll take forecast, it as a compliment
1: forecast uh predict the future prognosticate oh. you you're well all right let's just get into the picks okay all right <clears throat> tell us your record tell us how you've been doing tell us how you're feeling about your record and uh and then and then let's get into i guess liberty first
5: Yeah, so last week, you know, we started off, we were above 500 going into Saturday, the opening game, Kansas, TCU, Kansas, my darlings, the whole game, Jalen Daniels got hurt at the end of the first half, and they kick rocks, Travis, no one asked you, um, so, you're rattled, you're rattled, at
1: least, I think,
5: yeah, yeah, I got playoff game, I got this, um, yeah, I'm a little, it's been a fiasco of the last 72 hours, Chad, forgive me, um, Kansas, Jalen Daniels gets hurt, end of the first half. They still found a way to push. So push that game, throw it out, then went on to go one and two the rest of the day. The end of the Liberty game, that's when things started to unravel because those players that were on the field for UMass's final drive to give up the seven points and not cover the spread, every single one of those students should get reps. They should be sent straight to the rot for rot hours, 18 hours a pop that's the worst thing to happen to me liberty related since they shut down the keyhole and if you don't get that joke you can kick rocks just like travis
1: okay so wait 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 you're calling for liberty players to get reprimands because defensive they allowed
5: players defensive players that were on the field they had no honor
1: oh uh, they had no honor no okay okay listen all right, all right, all right. So <clears throat> you've recapped how you're you're doing. So you're one game below 500, correct? Yeah, 15 and 16. With how are some you feel-
5: pushes. How
1: are you feeling about that, considering your slow start?
5: So it was very interesting. I found myself in quite the conundrum on uh, Saturday night. And uh, those who are in the multiple group chats, because Chad is basically taking me on a world tour, just plugging me into different group chats. Like I'm a circus animal. Like, all right, here you go, Richie Longshots. Entertain this group of friends. Entertain this group of friends. <laughs> That's kind of true.
1: That's kind of true. You're yeah. to it.
5: So I'm texting everyone. I'm, t- I'm basically just sending copy and pasting the same message to the seven different group chats. I got dragged to uh, by my wife's work at a function at a winery. So I'm at a winery uh, like 6 p.m. on a Saturday having a blast. Punch in my uh, Alabama minus 24 and a half. It's the I gave it out. That was my pick. In my stupor, I accidentally bet Texas A&M plus 24 and a half. Didn't mm, notice until out. Texas A&M had the ball in like the five. And it was the weirdest feeling, and honestly, I was mad because I, I'm at the point I would rather win games for the people than win money myself.
1: <laughs> That's why you're the people's champ. That's why we got to get you in. Get, we got to get you up to. Have you seen corporate this week? Have you talked We're, with a sea of red corporate to kind of where are we? Are we getting close? We, are, are, we you, are
5: getting close. There's, okay. a, there's a couple, couple uh, talking points. I, I i heard recently about this a sea of red club thing. Yeah, you get insider oh, so, information. <clears throat> Yeah, I'll, so here, here's
1: what my guy is telling me. My guy is telling me that Richie Longshots judges on third. Okay, well, uh, my guy is telling me that for for to to get a long term contract out of you, we're going to need a year yeah. of a Sea of Red Club subscription and a year's supply of nasal spray. I thought we had yeah. kicked the nasal spray. What's happening?
5: It's allergy season, Chad. Allergy season. The the weather switched like that, and I don't know when. Listen, I haven't fallen off the wagon yet, and if I do, you'll be the first person to know. But you can't expect me to pick games and not give me the inside information. That's not fair. All the beats about injuries, left and right schedules, and I'm over here picking games like a poor person?
1: Okay, we can work it out. I know a guy. I know a guy. We can work it out. The nasal spray is going to be the easier of the two, I'll just be honest with you. All right, uh, let's pick it up. Let's, Let's get the games. I know you got five picks, including Liberty. Uh, you've been, hopefully you've been following the injury train at quarterback for Liberty to some extent. So, you know, who we're starting, uh, Saturday, uh, even if we don't know, and Gardner Webb doesn't know, you should know. Uh, and then, uh, what, what you got for Liberty Gardner Webb at
5: home. So if this quarterback situation, uh, train was a blimp, it would be a Hindenburg because this is an absolute debacle. Just, I don't know who's going to play. No one knows who's going to play. When the people do play, no one knows what's going to happen. Next drive, this person's in, this person's out. Salter's hurt. Salter's not hurt. It is all over the place. Now, this is a weird game because as of right now, I couldn't find a single legal sports book that had the Liberty game odds. I had to go digging in some offshore. Get out, ball. Get out, ball. See ya. Let's go! All right.
1: Who, who I, hit the homer?
5: Hold on, whoever was batting after Judge. Oh, was that Rizzo?
1: Nice! Congratulations! Too. All right, you were okay. saying you can't find a line for the Liberty game. I
5: can't find a line. I had to go. I had to go deep into some offshore sports betting, and I found twenty-three and a half. I don't know if that's what's going to pop up legally. But it's the number I saw, it's the number I'm gonna roll with, and it's the number I'm going to take. For so the same rationale with UMass. we legit we should have covered 24 and a half if it wasn't for one last touchdown at the end of the game. So I've is, is UMass better than Gardner Webb? Yes, I do think so. Um Brewer might play, maybe not play. Maybe if I had the Sea of Red, you know, gold package, I'd be I'd be in the know, but I'm not. So I still at, at some point. Bennett and Hampton are going to figure it out. So I'm just going to continue to chase Liberty wherever they go. It's also homecoming. The first time I did the Liberty line was homecoming last year. And I literally predicted the exact score of the game. I predicted the score of the game. I said, Liberty is going to cover the under. I don't remember what the score was, but it was the exact score. Number to number. Like I was Nostradamus. Nailed it. So, there's no over under that I could find. All I have is 23 and a half. And as I said <laughs> last year, I'm going to say it again. You win for the fans and on homecoming, you cover for the alumni. I love so,
1: it. I love that. I love that. We're yes. Yes. You win for the fans. You cover for the alumni yeah. and uh, it is homecoming. And that line sounds about right. From what we're hearing, Uh Gardner Webb is better. I mean, Hugh free said it this week in his press conference. I believe that, Uh, Gardner-Webb is a little bit better than UMass that we just played. So uh, I think that uh, it's got our attention. So if that was 24 and a half, this being 23 and a half, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets down to 22. And I like Liberty all the way. Here's why, uh, exactly what you just laid out. But I think that JB, Jonathan Bennett, gets the start. He, uh, you know, against a team that doesn't feel like it's going to be putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, he's going to make the right read. And uh, he's going to have so many wide open, uh, wide open receivers. Our our yards per game is just twenty below what it was. Average is just twenty below what it was last year with third round pick Malik Willis. Wow. So it's it's not like our offense has taken a huge hit um, with all these quarterback rotations. Hugh Freeze, and that's not against that's not against uh, some Chenzy defenses either. That's against good defenses. We're still averaging only twenty yards below that. It's with games like this week that we will. Get up that average. And if we, you know, let's say we go for 500 plus this weekend total yards, our average is going to be right on pace with what it was last year. All right. I know you've got several games. Let's rattle them off.
5: Yeah. A couple others. I love throwing in a weekday game for the people. Uh, I get a ton of people reaching out to me, texting me, tweeting me those Thursday night games. Uh, we had the Wednesday night game last week. And we're kicking it off with UAB minus 23 against the University of Charlotte. Charlotte's one and five this this year against the spread. UAB is uh three and oh against the spread this year at home. This game is at UAB. Uh a, a notorious. It's a good stadium. Place is gonna be rocking. And just Charlotte's one of those teams. You bet against UAB's a team, I, I think. Good offense. Um they're gonna win that game 28, 35 points.
1: Off to a very hot start. Not gonna lie. I absolutely love that pick. UAB. Is one of the few teams I took the over on their win total this year before the season started, and uh, you know they haven't. All right, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I love the pick. I'm 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 tailing that as they would say in the business with you, and uh, we'll be riding along. I love UAB minus 23. It's a lot of points, but Charlotte's terrible, and UAB is very yeah. good at home. Let's get it. Exactly.
5: Got to play the numbers sometimes. Bet the numbers, not the team. Uh, next up, Tulane minus 12 against USF. USF. Thubster fire. Tulane has played some really good teams this year. Um, so uh, great job. Is Nick still producing? Great job, Nick. Oh, the line's at 10 now? 10, 12, it's all over the place. Oh, Opened at 10, now it's at 12. Yeah. You uh, see USF on the road, not not the most intimidating place to play. Uh, Tulane's been around playing some top teams. I don't, can't pull it off off the top of my head right now. But I do like Tulane uh, going on the road. Should win by two touchdowns. Like it under fourteen. Next up, Kentucky, Mississippi State. One of the worst losses of the last probably three years of my life happened in the over-under of the Mississippi State-Arkansas game. I lost by half a point. Mississippi State's kicker missed two extra points in the fourth quarter and a field goal. That's five points on the board.
1: That's, that was a nasty beat. I remember that.
5: I was just like, this is it was one of those things you knew it was coming – like you were just – you were on the train tracks and you heard the train and you were like, yep, I can't get out of it. Like I knew the moment he missed the first extra point, I went, it's done. There's no <laughs> shot. He's going to come back and and make this. And it was just a slow, painful death. Worst – I didn't even give it out. I just really liked it, bet it, and it just crushed me for the weekend. Um, but I'm I'm back to the well. Mississippi State, Kentucky, over 46.5. I think that's too – too, too low um mike leach electric offense uh what's his name the quarterback just broke the the record for most completions in sec history will rogers he's just he's, he two years in the sec and he's broken the record which is insane they, they threw his numbers next to whoever he broke the record from i don't remember but broke it in half the amount of time they're gonna throw the heck out of the ball i know there's injury concerns with will levis in kentucky but It's two SEC teams, and Mississippi State's one of them, Mike Leach. He's going to score 28 points in his sleep, 35 points. Give me Kentucky being able to score uh, two touchdowns, easy over. Last but not least, UNC minus seven against Duke. Rivalry game. Duke has kind of been unraveling. You look at the teams that Duke has beaten this year. It is no one. Carolina coming off um, a win against Miami. They have played Notre Dame this year. Uh, yep, lines is still at seven, open at six and a half. Um, definitely moving towards UNC. So, if you are someone that does like UNC, get this at seven before it ends up seven and a half, eight, and then you're uh, outside of a touchdown. So, I like UNC within a touchdown. Rivalry game, Mac Brown's going to be uh, running up. Nice, late-night game. The only problem with all this, Chad, is that do you know where I'm going to be this weekend? I can barely find you tonight. I'm not even going to be at homecoming. I'm going to be in Disney World. Do you know what I can't do in Disney World? Oh, no. Bet on sports.
1: That's why you get them locked in on Tuesday night.
5: That's why we're locking things in on a casual Tuesday night. We'll be able to lock in a little bit more if the Yankees can cover one and a half. But just like I did last time I was on uh, in Disney World, it's a small world after all. I'm riding. I'm riding. Bama, Tennessee. Give me one second, Bill. I'm riding. I, I pulled out a penny. <laughs> I flicked the penny. Uh, into the, the water of It's a Small World After All, and I wished, I was there on Christmas Day, I wished for the over in the noon game. I think it was the Knicks, and it won. So on Friday morning, or Friday, I think it's where we're going to Magic Kingdom, uh, I will have my coin, and I will throw my coin into the It's a Small World After All. I don't know if that's the name of it, but that's just what I call it. I'm going to throw it into the, uh, into the fountain, all the water everywhere, and I'm going to wish to go five and zero. well at that point we'll already have a game in the books wish to go four and with the rest of our picks
1: uh ah, i like it
5: let's go i just want to get above 500 i want to get so above 500 we had it um, we, we were at 500 for a day
1: yeah yeah i remember all right so um <clears throat> thoughts on bama tennessee it is my it is minus seven bama uh, at tennessee minus seven
5: that's i saw the get-in price for that game right now is like four hundred dollars it's probably the biggest game in Tennessee the last Regular. decade.
1: Yeah. Oh, Gotta yeah. be, right?
5: Yeah. Probably maybe since like 98 and with inflation, who knows how much tickets cost back then. I Alabama looked bad last week, but Alabama has looked bad against Texas A&M often. They, they lost last year. They barely won this year. That that play call from Jimbo is one of the worst play calls of all time. He's a terrible coach. I don't care if he just almost beat Nick Saban. That was atrocious. Tennessee looked incredible uh, uh, last last week. They went into to Death Valley um, at LSU, and again, you know, in the in, during the day, not the, the toughest place to play, but again, they went into a hostile LSU, and they beat the doors off of them. And LC was starting to gain a little momentum, but they, Tennessee looked very good. I think Hendon Hooker is very good. Um, he looks like the real deal, can do a little bit of everything, but it's Alabama. You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't bet against Alabama. Like, okay. I got a, I got a hot take
1: for you here. One yeah. Hendon Hooker. Uh, was the quarterback when Liberty beat Virginia Tech 38-35 thirty-five two years ago? Was and, he really? Uh, yeah, he was garbage. They I just was, did des- designed runs, and uh, it and uh, it was mostly. But Hendon Hooker has gotten better. But I'm not buying the hype. Okay, They're, they they no. run the ball like uh, more than anybody in the country, uh, and I say that I haven't looked it up, but they do run the ball a lot, and they just turn around and hand it off. I don't trust Hendon Hooker in big games like this yet. Uh, I saw him at Virginia Tech during the COVID season just kind of lay an egg against, against Liberty. Um, The other thing I would say is, this is the hot take, is if Bryce Young can't play for Alabama, I'm taking Alabama because that quarterback that they have, I forget his last name, but he is a star. He is a yeah. star, and he will rush uh, more, and uh, Saban will, will use his legs. They'll figure that guy out. Um, uh, Milrow is his name. Um, yeah, and he he he's phenomenal. So if Bryce Young is out, I'm putting more money on Alabama, uh, just because I think that this will be his third start or third game, second start. I think he will have figured something out. Um, so um,
5: I I I do kind of like the under. It's a it's a wildly high over under. Yeah. For it's like in the 60s. I I think it was like 67, 66 and a half. I don't remember what it was at, but it was something.
1: Yeah, these are just the lines that they okay. don't have doesn't have the over under. All right, uh, I'm going to give a celebrity guest pick on this. It doesn't yeah. have to go against your record, but I have one that I really like this week, and that is uh, the the UVA rejects up in Harrisonburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are playing against Georgia Southern, and they are giving up 11 and a half points. Uh, Georgia Southern's not great, but JM, uh Harrisonburg is terrible. And, uh, and, you know, they haven't played anybody. There's been a lot of hype with them getting ranked uh, unnecessarily, prematurely. And so I think that, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to, their real self is going to show up the last half of this season. And uh, I believe that they will actually lose. I'm taking Georgia Southern at home on Ooh. the money line. Uh, so the money line's a good, a good price there. And I just, I just think that this is JMU. Their, their, their uh, fun run in the sun is over. And uh, they are going to get beat this weekend. Mark my words. That's my I'm putting my I'm putting it all my eggs in one basket on your Liberty line. I'm only giving out one pick this year, and that is Georgia Southern over uh, JMU money line. I don't know. Uh, Nick, can you pull up the JMU money line to see what that was? I know the spread was 11 and a half, but just to see how much we're going to get paid when JMU loses this weekend.
5: Uh, what's so- the score? Of the, what's the score of the Yankees game? 4-1, the Cole gave up a hit, though. You're telling me this is the HC lock of the yes, year? Yes, it is. This is the HC is. lock of the year? Yes,
1: yes, it is. So we've got uh, plus 325 money love line. It. Plus tw- 325 money line. There it is, the lock of the year, Georgia Southern. James Madison at Georgia Southern. Uh, go ahead and lock that up and thank me later. I will be 1-0. I just, I just have a good sense about what it is with FCS teams coming in, getting a little bit of shine and uh, some teams handle it well. And some teams don't, this is uh this is, trust me, JMU does not handle the shine. Well, uh, and they, they will flop against a decent Georgia Southern team. So I, uh, that, I hope
5: so. Cause I'll be, yeah. I'll be at a Saturday afternoon. I'll be at Epcot a little drinking around the world.
1: Throw me an extra penny in the, in the well, if you don't mind.
5: Oh, I'm going to be just, tossing pennies.
1: Okay. okay. That sounds boys. good. All right. All right. Listen, uh, one th- uh, one thing I have to get to uh, 30 yeah. seconds real quick is uh, thank you for coming on weekly. Thank you for your time on Tuesday nights. Thank you for the picks. Congratulations uh, on that. Um, but let's remember where this all started. This all started with uh, an opportunity that a sea of red uh, laid on, laid at your feet, and you stepped in, and and you ran with it. I'm not going to lie, you stepped in, but I just want you to, as you as we close out the show tonight, I want you to remember where you first got your opportunity. Who who took a chance on this uh, Jersey guy uh, tweeting random horse picks on uh, Twitter? And I just want you to, I just want you to just always remember that. And when you lay your head down on your pillow tonight and the Yankees are one to know, and I do think the Yankees are going to lose this series by the way. Uh, but when you lay your head down tonight, I want your last final thought to be a sea of red and Chad took a chance on this Jersey boy. I will not let them down. No matter how your season goes, this is, this is the thoughts I want running through your head before you go to sleep tonight.
5: Oh, well, I appreciate that Chad. You, you never forget the little people, no matter where you <laughs> oh, <he laughs> end up in this world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, uh with that along the way, thank you very much with that that's that that's that's Joe. we got a cool little outro here uh shout out to a sea of red John. Uh, and, and everybody at Sea of Red that doesn't get mentioned on this podcast every week, uh, Zach does an amazing job with Instagram, uh, everybody over there at Sea of Red that makes the thing happen, um, and, uh, really love doing this and, uh, gets us engaged in our flames. I mean, we have a lot to talk about and we watch the games with a lot more, uh, I don't know, passion, or what, what have you. And, uh, I know you guys are diehard fans as well. So we love that. Um, we love all of, uh, The segments that we have, Kyle has added a whole new dimension to this thing. Uh, Him and Brendan, uh, I said it a few times on the show, but they have to walk a tight line. And, And I guess what I'm saying is we're not we're not a gotcha type show. But at the same time, they can't slip up and say something that would uh, honestly offend their teammates, their teammates and the lock, uh, coaches they have relationships with or give away a game plan or something like that. So they are walking this line of being, you know, wanting to talk with us and give us information uh, versus uh, all this other stuff. So they do a brilliant job. And when I say a brilliant job, you just go listen to any other interview with, uh, with, with players and stuff and they just give you coach speak. Brendan does not do that. He gives us real answers in a way that also uh it is in collaboration with uh keeping keeping all those other people happy and then uh kyle same thing i mean i know he talks to those coaches regularly he he probably knows a lot more information than he's able to share on here and uh but he does walk that line very very nicely so he's been a great addition uh with that i'll never drink another celsius after 7 pm again It was delicious but I did get the jitters. Um, I had to wash it down with an aha which so I'll go ahead and Coca-Cola. If you want to sponsor me, I will. I'll wash it down with an aha and it kind of helped take the, take the jitter off. Uh, and then lastly, producer Nick. Thanks, man. You're, you're the best at this uh, dude. All you're doing is, is incredible. And uh, we will have a uh, shout out to your drink. Richie, what's in your cup? What's in your Liberty Kool-Aid tonight? Nothing. No- uh, very well played very well played all right with that we will uh see you guys next tuesday and go flames let's get that win by at least 23 and a half this weekend uh, against Gardner Webb at home that was- 1 2 3